This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 804 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the whole world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on Horses in the Morning. The Hit'em crew is joined by the Horse.com digital editor, Michelle Anderson, and Dr. Amber LaBelle with more on your horse's eyes. This time, common diseases and other issues. And we'll get to our tip right after this shopping tip from Equestrian Collections. Hi, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with a bang-up product this week. (laughs) Hi, Glenn. I'm going to feature this week a product that we hope you never need. But if you ever do, it's a lifesaver. It's the Helite Air Nest Equestrian Airbag Vest. Uh, We have these in adult. We also have some children's sizes. Um, these are the vests that you wear. That, they're like um, an airbag for a car. You wear the vest. The, it attaches to your saddle. And if you have an un, uh, unfortunate departure from the saddle, these things, it pulls automatically and like an airbag inflates so that you, when you hit the ground, you're hitting the ground with an airbag around you and not with just your body. Um, they are not inexpensive, but they are very well worth it if that's uh, if you're in eventing or I have had some customers who had a bad fall and they were afraid to ride, but they really you know it's an addiction you got to ride, and they would want these kinds of things so that they would feel more comfortable when they were riding out um, on trail rides or wherever they wanted to go. We have these in various colors. One thing to remember is they must be ground shipped. You cannot ship these things by air because of the um, the, the very fact that of what they are. Um, and the we CO2 also, cartridges are, are part of are what makes them go, and the right. CO2 cartridges cannot be shipped in on an airplane. Right, and we also have a replacement cartridges as well. So if you have been thinking about an airbag and you've seen them on the TV and it's something that you might be interested in, please give uh, these a look because for the price, the, the, uh, the safety factor is priceless. And if you can find them just by going to equestriancollections.com, search for airbag, and they will come up. It's the Helite Air Nest Equestrian Airbag. They couldn't have made that any more complicated to say. Uh, and it's available in, in many different colors, which is cool. And uh, you can find your size on the website at equestriancollections.com. This is Michelle Anderson, the digital editor of thehorse.com with the weekly horse health report. And I hear we're doing part two of something we started last week that people can find actually by going to horsesinthemorning.com and listening into last Wednesday's show. Yes, so last week we talked about eye injuries. We have our our ophthalmologist, um, Dr. Amber Lavelle from Illinois with us. Welcome, Dr. Lavelle. Good morning. I'm here to gross Glenn out. Yay! (laughs) I know, and we're going to be talking about the actual injuries, which is, or not, or the diseases, which I think are, well, the injuries we talked about last week were kind of gross, too, so... (laughs) Hey, I'll be back. I have, uh, I have to, I'm hungry. I need to go get something to eat. I'll be right back. Yes. 
but <laughs> what are the most common equine eye diseases that we can come across? So horses in my practice really get three eye diseases commonly. The first eye disease they get really commonly is a scratch to the surface of their eye. We call that a corneal ulcer. The cornea is like the clear windshield at the front of the eye. And you know horses, they're prey species, and when in doubt, their response to any sort of scary thing is to run away first, ask questions later. So it's pretty easy for them to traumatize that clear surface of their eye. The problem is horses don't live in a sterile bubble, right? We've talked about this before, too. If you put them in a bubble, they just end up eating the bubble and colicking anyway. So since they live in environments that are full of dust, full of hay, full of dirt, it's also full of things like bacteria and fungus. So it's very important that we recognize that those scratches are there because it's entirely possible for infection to set in very rapidly after that kind of trauma to the surface of the eye. And I think, Glenn, you talked a little bit last week about your experience with a horse in your barn that had a really serious eye infection and that those horses can require treatment around the clock every two hours. Every two hours, day and night, mm-hmm. morning and mm-hmm. evening, every two mm-hmm. hours. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know the reason why that is? I mean, it's not just that all of us ophthalmologists are masochists and we enjoy torturing other people. There's a reason for how to make, and make our bosses mad. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> the last time I did it, making our bosses mad, because the last time I did that, I did not work for Horse Magazine, and my bosses did not understand why I had to leave work every two hours to go put ointment in my horse's eye. Right. Well, so one of the problems with the surface of the eye, well, I should say, one of the cool and problematic things about treating diseases of the surface of the horse's eye is that the eye is constantly being flushed and irrigated by tears. So in a normal state, your tear glands make tears. Those tears run across the surface of your eye, and they serve a really important function. They bring oxygen they bring nutrients, and they also remove waste products from the surface of the eye. So tears are really, really important for keeping the surface of the eye healthy. You know that expression, no foot, no horse? Mm -hmm. Well, let me just tell you, the expression really should be no tears, no horse. That's how important Mm -hmm. tears are. If you don't have normal, healthy tears, you're not going to be able to have a normal visual eye. The downside to all those normal tears is that they also act to flush away drugs that we put on the surface of the eye. So any medication you put on the surface of the eye is actually completely recycled in seven minutes. Seven minutes. So it's really hard to maintain proper concentrations of antibiotics or antifungal medications on the surface of the eye. Therefore, it's a lot harder to fight infection on the surface of the eye than it is, let's say, in the liver, where we could just give the horse systemic antibiotics and the bloodstream would bring the antibiotics to the liver constantly. Or, let's say, a skin wound, where you could just apply some antibiotic cream and it wouldn't constantly be flushed off by tears. So I promise it's not that your veterinarian just was like, hee, 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 let's torture Glenn today. Let's make him get up every two hours. That frequency of medication is often really, really important for making sure that the eye heals properly. Okay. And my experience with the corneal ulcer was that the injury was really ugly. Even as we were treating, 
to me, and maybe it seems normal to a vet who sees this all the time, but I thought my horse's eye was melting away. <laughs> it's yeah. normal to have the eye look very cloudy, and I, I mean, to me, it looked like a blind eye, what I would expect. Um, is that what, what these look like as they're healing? Well, you bring up a good point. So the normal job of the eye is to be clear, be comfortable, and have vision. And anytime you've got an injury to the surface of the eye, you can get some cloudiness that results from that injury. A lot of time that cloudiness is just swelling. We also call that edema. Sometimes you've also got blood vessels that grow into that area. Remember, one of the reasons that you can see through the cornea but you can't see through your skin is because there's no blood vessels in your cornea. Like if you look down at your hand right now, the reason that you can't see through your hand down to your bones, which would be super gross and would totally make Glenn have to run and leave the room (laughs) is because there's blood vessels and there's pigment. There's all these features of your skin that keep your skin from being see-through. Well, the surface of your eye, your cornea is completely different. There aren't any blood vessels. There aren't any pigment. And that's part of what keeps your cornea clear, like a windshield, so you can see through it. So anytime you get injury to that structure, you can then get swelling, you can get blood vessels, and that creates that cloudy appearance. And oftentimes, that cloudy appearance is a normal part of the healing process. But it's also an important sign for owners to watch for. Anytime the surface of your horse's eye is looking cloudy when it didn't look cloudy before, that's a reason to have your veterinarian examine your horse. And so another time that I've seen a super cloudy eye on a horse was a horse that had uveitis, um, and that it was an Appaloosa. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit uveitis? or and sure. moon, It's the same as moon blindness, correct? Moon blindness, yeah. So scratches to the surface of the eye are probably one of the most common diseases I see. Probably the second most common disease that we see is equine recurrent uveitis, otherwise known as moon blindness. And the reason it used to be called moon blindness is they believe that the phases of the moon influence the disease. We know that's not really true anymore, but once upon a time, people believe that. And Mm -hmm. so moon blindness or equine recurrent uveitis is an autoimmune disease. Autoimmune diseases as a category are the sort of diseases where the immune system is inappropriately attacking a normal tissue in your body. So normally... The job of your immune system is to protect you from infectious invaders like bacteria and fungus and your annoying neighbor next door. (laughs) When your immune system isn't just defending you from infectious organisms and it instead attacks your own body tissue, that's called autoimmune disease. So in equine recurrent uveitis, the immune system actually attacks the normal tissues within the eye and slowly destroys them. And why is this associated with Appaloosas, or is that just something that that people think is associated with Appaloosas? No, no, that really is true. Appaloosas are definitely overrepresented in the equine recurrent uveitis population. So here's the the truth. The truth is we don't really know what causes equine recurrent uveitis. We know a lot about once a horse gets a disease, what happens to the eye? And we know a lot more about treating it than we did, let's say, 10 or 15 years ago. But we still, as a veterinary community, as a horse community, don't have a good understanding of why horses get this disease. There does seem to be a genetic basis in some breeds, like Appaloosas, like some Warmbloods. But there are a lot of other factors that likely go into this disease that are just 
poorly understood at this point. Leptospirosis, which is a bacterial infection, is one cause that has been hypothesized to be causative equine recurrent uveitis, although the data on that is pretty variable, and the, I think the jury is still out on that one. So, so point, we don't understand the cause very well, but the good news is we know a lot more about treating it. Equine recurrent uveitis is the number one cause of blindness in horses. But luckily, with some of the newer treatments, we're better at keeping these horses visual for much longer than we used to be able to. Now, is that something okay. that is so, is easier? Sorry, sorry. Is that something that's easy that's treated better if it's caught earlier, or doesn't it matter? Oh, you're so right about that, Glenn. Okay. Absolutely. The earlier you catch the disease, the better. And the reason for that is the eye has a very limited ability to recover from the immune system attacking it. So once the immune system has really destroyed the inside of the eye very late in the disease, there's not a lot your veterinarian can do. But if you catch it soon and catch it early, the chances of being able to preserve the healthy inside of the eye and keep your horse visual is much, much higher. Like anything else, and almost with so, horses. <laughs> Catch it early. Exactly. Catch it early. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, just call the vet. Just call the vet. I hate to, I don't know if this is appropriate for me to say on this show, beat a dead horse, but Ooh. anytime you think I know, right, that was a little bit important. <laughs> Anytime you think there's something wrong with your horse's eye, you should call your veterinarian. You should. Because the thing is, your horse only gets two eyes. If you break them, you can't replace them. And the eye has a very limited ability to heal itself from major disease inside the eye. So a wound that would be no big deal if it was just on your horse's side can ultimately be devastating to your horse's vision. And that's why eye injuries are always, always, always an emergency. Hmm. So, so about, I think it was about a year and a half ago, we talked on the show about um, my husband's mare having a squamous cell carcinoma in her eye. Um, and... <laughs> And she also had had a corneal ulcer, and what it turned out to be is that she had, before we could see the, the, the tumor from under the eyelids, it must have been itchy, um, and mm-hmm. then she had scratched her eye <laughs> and got the corneal ulcer. We treated that, and then we saw this, this tumor coming out. So what, I brought up these squamous cell carcinomas, are these something that, that are common eye issues as well? You know, people are going to think we set this up ahead of time, Michelle, but as it turns <laughs> out, the third most common eye disease I see in horses is tumors of the eyelid. And the most common tumor of the eyelid is, in fact, squamous cell carcinoma. So squamous cell carcinoma is something we see more on the eyelids and eyes of horses with pink skin around their eyes. So pinks, Appaloosas, really colored dilute horses like Cremellos are more likely to get squamous cell carcinoma around their eyes than horses with black eyelids. However, any type of horse with any coat color can develop a squamous cell carcinoma. We do know that UV light exposure is a big risk factor for developing what is essentially a skin cancer. 
So what that tells you as a horse owner is if you own a paint mare with beautiful bald white face and you live in Scottsdale, Arizona, you need to you're make needy. sure you're minimizing <laughs> your horse's exposure to UV light. Number one, move into a dark cave. No, no, no. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put horses in a dark cave. Like, they don't need to live in the barn. You don't need to build them an underground bunker. But you need to be smart about their UV light exposure. So what's the easiest way in the whole world to help minimize horses' UV light exposure? You guys know this one. What do you put on them that helps? Fly masks. Fly masks. A fly mask. Yeah, absolutely. A UV blocking fly mask. So that's the that's the number one easiest thing to do. The other thing to think about is can you change your horse's turnout schedule? Can you have them out in the evening hours or have them out overnight rather than having them out in the middle of the day, in the middle of the desert where they're going to get the most UV light exposure? But even if you're really smart and even if you're really careful and do everything you can to minimize their UV light exposure... Some horses are just going to make squamous cell carcinoma anyway. And so the things for you as an owner to be looking for are looking for pink, lumpy, bumpy masses on and around the eye. So anything that looks like a new lump or a new bump and looks like it could be a little mass, sometimes they'll be a little ulcerated on the surface too. So sometimes it'll look like a scratch on the eyelid or a little bloody spot on the eyelid is something that your veterinarian should have a look at. Okay, I have a question. Yes, ma'am. So I live here in Phoenix, Arizona, and my neighbor two doors down, I was just visiting with her last night, and she was asking me about her horse because she has a gray Arabian who has some tumor issues like underneath his tail, and he started developing a lump. It's so prophetic that you actually are talking about this today. He's got developed a lump on his eyelid. His eyelids are black. They are, the, the, the skin is not irritated, but there is a definite noticeable lump underneath the skin. And she said to me, you know, I've been a vet tech for many years, and she said, what would you do? Would you take it off or would you have it biopsied? And she's had her vet out, but they didn't really, they, you know, they're not ophthalmology veterinarians, so they didn't really have a great answer for her. Is this something you would biopsy or would that make it angrier or does it sound like something you leave alone or you just go ahead and take it out? You know, Jamie, that is such, such a good question. So, number one, your question about are there types of tumors that get worse if you biopsy them is such a good question because there are tumors like that. Sarcoids are a type of skin tumor that horses get more than any other species, and biopsying a sarcoid can actually activate it and make it grow bigger. So, anytime you biopsy something that you think might be a sarcoid, it's really important to have a treatment plan in place because you know that those could potentially get worse in the process of biopsy. So when I was an equine practitioner before I became an ophthalmologist, and now when I see sarcoids around the eye, what I tell owners is, if you're not going to pursue treatment, let's not biopsy this because biopsying could make it worse. But if you're committed to the horse's treatment and you're committed to eradicating this tumor, then yes, the, the, the right first step anytime you see a tumor is usually biopsy. Now, in the particular case you've described here, it's a gray Arabian who also has a mass under the tail. And so that's very suspicious for a different kind of cancer called melanoma. 
gray horses get melanoma about 85, 90% of the time compared to non-gray horses. We know that the gray coat color is a risk factor for developing melanomas. And Arabians tend to be overrepresented in that because they tend to have a lot of gray coat color. So this is a really opportune time for you to be asking me this question because I'm actually just in the process of finishing up a research study, an international research study, collecting cases of melanoma in and around horse eyes. And what I've learned so far from this study is that about 85, 90% of the horses are gray, about a quarter of them are Arabians, and that the masses on their eyelid don't tend to cause them a problem. So at this point, what we're usually recommending to owners is that eyelid melanoma should be carefully measured and they should be rechecked every three to six months. If they're not increasing in size, and it's okay to just watch them and see how they go, if they look like they're getting bigger, then they potentially need some intervention, whether that's surgical removal or freezing or chemotherapy. The, the treatment a little bit depends on the individual horse and the individual location. The good news is it seems like many horses can have these isolated skin masses on their eyelids for long periods of time and not cause them a problem. One thing for the horse owner to know is that they can also get melanoma inside of their eye. And that was part of the, the reason we're conducting the study we're conducting now is because there's not very much information about melanoma inside the eye out there in the literature. And unfortunately, the long-term prognosis for melanoma inside the eye isn't so great because melanoma inside the eye can grow and unfortunately can lead to blinding diseases like glaucoma. So if you have a gray horse and they have melanoma anywhere else on their body, like at the corner of their lip or under their tail, because those are really common locations, it's important that your veterinarian looks inside their eye because they may have melanoma inside their eye, not just on their eyelid. Okay. I have taken intense notes at this last <laughs> section. So <laughs> I am not... And if you want to have your friend's veterinarian give me a call, I'm happy to talk with your friend's veterinarian about some more of the the nitty-gritty details of what we found in our study and why why I'm recommending the things that I'm recommending. But I'm I'm actually very proud of the study because we've got about 60 horses in it, which makes it the largest case series of intraocular melanoma ever published. And it spans three continents and six different countries, I think. Hmm. Wow. Well, that is, I, I asked the right person that question, and my God. <laughs> I, I, I think we need to let everyone know today was not scripted. I'm vac- on vacation. <laughs> yeah, she's on vacation. She doesn't care. She's phoning it in. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, I think this is a good representation of what horse owners come across in their horse's eyes every day. Um, yeah, what absolutely. Dr. LaBelle talked about, those corneal ulcers, the uveitis, and um, and tumors on the eye and eyelids. So look at your horse's eye, call your vet, Dr. LaBelle. Thank you so much for joining us today. And that's a wrap. To listen to more of the horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to the horses in the morning gang, putting in their two cents on all things horse, you can tune in every weekday at horsesinthemorning.com for fascinating interviews, news stories from around the world, and clever contests and general horsey hijinks. 
Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of EquestrianCollections.com. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 